Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, vice president for innovation. And we are excited today to introduce our guest for the show, Manushka Charles. Manushka is a speaker and former worship leader. She serves on the pastoral staff as the city locations pastor at VU Church in Miami, Florida. It's great to have you with us today. I am so, so excited to be with you all. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, privilege. We've been looking forward to this conversation. And mm-hmm. I want to open up our conversation about your involvement with VU uh, Church. How, how did it all start? And tell us about your biggest takeaways throughout your journey as a leader in ministry, especially working there with VU. Right. I think it's such a God story. Like God will place you where you need to be when mm-hmm. you need to be there. Like timing is everything. Uh, nine years ago, I decided to move to Miami. It was one of those things where I just felt like I needed to go. I don't think I've ever had um, maybe an inkling or this push to do anything the way that I did for moving to Miami. I just felt like, okay, you got to move to Miami. There's a leadership program. You should join. I really didn't know what it was or or what I was getting into, Mm -hmm. but I just knew that I needed to be there and join the leadership program. Uh, And there was a young adult ministry called the Rendezvous that happened on Tuesday Uh nights. And it was just absolutely incredible. Uh, Just thousands of students come in, so many people just experiencing God. And it was really life-changing for me. Um, And I felt like in that year, I had grown so much uh, in my leadership and my relationship with God. And really when my year was coming to an end where I was trying to decide if I should stay in Miami or leave, um, our pastors, Pastor Rich in DC, announced that they were getting ready to start a brand new church called VU. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to wonder what if I stayed. I'm just going to stay and be a part of it and see what God would do. And so kind of jumped on the launch team. And I remember sitting in those meetings. We'd have meetings at Pastor Rich's house after our 5 p.m. service at church. And I was sitting in the room and at some points I was like, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about church planting. Uh, I don't I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but I just was like, I'm just going to be in the room. I'm just going to lean in. I'm going to uh, just be obedient to whatever God is saying. And so through that, it was just I was serving, helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally launched the church. We probably took about a year or so in launch team meetings, different things. till our church finally launched in September of 2015. Um, and then it was just serving. And mm-hmm. being able to help wherever, whether that was in worship or the growth track or yeah. kids, like you're planting a church, you kind of do just a little yeah, bit of everything. And so yep. it's like, all right, what is needed? I'm going to lean into it. And the more I leaned into it, I felt like the more that God had graced it and the more mm-hmm. that um, he was allowing me to expand my capacity, things that I didn't even know that I could do or uh, things that I didn't even know were in me that I saw develop uh, through Vu Church. And so it's been a beautiful journey where God has really developed me. And who he's called mm-hmm. me to be. And he just strategic me, strategically placed me somewhere where I didn't like come up with a plan. Like I didn't like, I couldn't map it out myself. It was just all God to bring me to VU and to allow me to be a part of what God's doing. And we were talking about this before the show started. Part of your, your journey that's super interesting is, you know, you started in this worship track. That's yeah. what you came down there to do. That's what you felt calling. And now you're a campus pastor in, in multiple locations, pastor, part of the pastoral south. Tell us about that transition and what it was like to let go of that identity to embrace the new calling there. Yeah, I think it's so important because uh, sometimes as a worship leader or just anything that we do, we can like attach our identity and our worth in what we do. Yeah. And if I don't do this thing well, then I'm then I'm not good. Yeah. And so I think early on in really that 
that first year was such a year of development for me where God was developing my character, mm -hmm. my attitude, just all these different things that God was working in me and through me. And I think that year, even before our church had launched, it was me removing what I did from my identity of being a child mm -hmm. of God and a daughter. And so learning that, okay, I did things for God, but really the most important goal was for me to be with God. And if I could mm -hmm. be with God, no matter what I was doing, then I was good. And so transitioning from leading worship and playing into uh, more of an operations role yeah. at one point and then doing outreach at one point. It was it was just really a posture of surrender of like, okay, if this is the need and I'm truly saying that I want to serve God and serve this community, I need to fulfill the need. And so if at the time fulfilling the need was serving the kids, that's what yeah. I would do. If at the time it was uh, what we call Island My City, which is our once a month outreach, if, if that was what I needed to do, that's what I was doing. And so mm -hmm. it was just learning how to surrender what I did to God so mm -hmm. that I could just simply just be with him. Yeah. And it really highlights, I think, the, the idea that calling is not about what you do. And right. so many people right. try and bring those two together. And really calling is more about where you are, right. that spot that That's you're great. in. How do you, how can you encourage, how would you encourage like a young people? I feel like, especially this generation is so transitory, right? They're always like, what's next? Where can I move? How can I move on and all that kind of stuff? But it's like the place that you're at Good. matters, the calling matters. How do you encourage them to stay plugged in and finding that community like you were able yeah. to? I love what the Bible says in Psalms 1. It talks about being planted uh, by the rivers of water and no matter what season you are, you bear fruit. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, all right, so if it's winter, if it's spring, mm -hmm. it's summer, fall, I will bear fruit no matter what. And that only happens if I'm planted and rooted. Yeah. If I get up and uproot, I'm actually never going to grow. And so wow. it's this understanding of like, okay, do I want to grow? Do I only have a vision for the next six months or do I have a vision for the next six years of my life? And it's being able to fight through those moments of I want to get up and leave. And there's some situations where you do have to maybe get up and leave and God has called you to go somewhere else. But more often than not, uh, the knee jerk reaction for people is like, all right, things aren't happening fast enough for me here. Let me go to mm. this next thing. Yeah. And then like six years in, you're at six different places uh, and you yeah. haven't been able to actually get planted. And I think the greatest thing for me, it's like if I left too soon, I would have never been able to see the fruit that God wanted to bear in a different season. And so mm -hmm. just understanding that the fruit looks different yeah. season to season and God's going to bear the fruit that he wants. I'm like, I can stay right where I am. Yeah even when it's difficult and it's getting around people who you can talk to and you can trust and like, Hey man, yeah. this is like it's tough. Like mm. ministry is not always easy. It's not always, yeah. you know, the glitz and the glamor. Yeah. I don't even know when it ever is, but right. it's like, <laughs> but if I'm mm -hmm. like, if I'm around people saying, Hey, like I really, this, I'm in a tough season and they can encourage me to say, Hey, do not quit. That's when I can stay planted. So it's like, yeah. I got to stay planted, but I also have to have people around me that don't let me quit. Yeah. And I think on my journey, there've been just voices in my life. that's like, Nope, it's too soon to quit. Yeah. It's not time yet. It's yeah. not time to go. It's not time to leave. Yeah. Like, like stay where God has you um, because he's going to develop more in you than you can see. And so it's just learning that there is actually such a beauty and a grace in being planted in one place. Yep. So you can actually grow. It's like, let let fruit grow over time. Like, wait till you see some fruit before uh, you go to the next thing yeah. and, and wait on God to tell you where to go to next and not just um, when you feel like things aren't moving quick enough mm. for you. Yeah. Love it. You clearly have a passion for sharing uh, the word of the Lord. There's no doubt about that. But tell us a little bit about your testimony and talk 
talk about Selah Sundays. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how Saturdays. your faith, Selah, Saturdays, yeah, yeah. and how your faith has strengthened over the years. Yeah, I think my journey. I grew up in church. Uh, grew up in a little Haitian church in Brooklyn, mm. New York, uh, and that was such a formative time for me of just being able to be around so many faith-filled people. I think youth ministry had such a big impact on my life. We would go to this thing called Winterfest in Rochester, New York. Mm. And um, I just felt like those days that we were up at this retreat and spending three days, it was just like this intensive of just like being in God's presence. It really just like shaped me uh, for the rest of my years. And so for me, it was like, okay, I actually want to be a young person that is actually living for God. Uh, I saw young people on fire for God. And I was like, I don't want it to be just when I'm at Winterfest. And I'm like, all right, I get this like this three week high of the Holy Spirit and then kind of go back to doing the same thing. It was just like, I actually want to make a decision to, to live for God in a really real way and to live it out um, outside of a really great church experience. And so for me, uh, that's just been a journey. I talk about, I've got saved like mm. a million times. When you go up in church, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't know if it's like, I'm gonna just raise my hand again, <laughs> just in right. case. And I felt like that was my story, but it was like, at one point it's like, no, you are safe and secure. Like you are saved, yeah. like you're good. Yeah. Uh, now you just got to live that out and you got to yeah. walk that out. And so it's just been the journey of being able to walk that out and trying to be faithful in what God has called me to do. And along my journey, I've learned uh, to say lot, which is like the, the definition of that could be ambiguous. But the way that I look at it is like, okay, it's this pause, it's this rest. Mm, right. And I've learned to find God in the moments of rest. Um, life can be really chaotic. Yes. There's seasons in my life where I'm just like, I am way too busy. Um, but I found the most strength when I actually can pull back, when I say no to things, when I'm resting, when I'm taking intentional time of like, hey, I'm actually not going to mm -hmm. be there. I'm going to take time to rest into Sabbath. I think uh, maybe about four years ago at a church, we were reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry mm. uh, by John Mark so Comer. Good. It was so, so good. good. And I felt like yeah. it was life changing for me of like, oh, this is what it means yep. to Sabbath. This is what it means to rest. You know, mm -hmm. I think we've heard the term Sabbath and growing up, it was just like, okay, it's the day you go to go church, church or yeah. what, right. like yeah. I didn't really have an understanding to what it was, but then reading that book just really opened up my, my eyes to what God actually wanted to give to us, this gift of the Sabbath, this gift of the rest. And even being mm -hmm. able to detach my identity was learning how to Sabbath. Because mm -hmm. I think about how, the Sabbath was given to the people and it was like, it was given to a people who would have been coming out of slavery. Mm -hmm. The people who would have, the Israelites, when they first heard all the stories from Moses of mm -hmm. what God did and, you know, treat, take the Sabbath and, and make it holy, all of that. It would have been people who worked for their entire lives. Like right. there's 400 generations of work, 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 work. You are what you do. Yeah. And then God is telling them to rest and giving them this commandment to rest. Mm -hmm. And it's detaching their identity from, it's not about what mm -hmm. you do. It's who you're with. And so can right. you be with me on the Sabbath and actually allow me to make up the time? Sometimes we think that we have to do a bunch of stuff because yep. we're running out of time. But I've realized when I surrender my time, that God can use it and he can do yeah. more with the time that I give him versus me trying to do everything else all mm -hmm. in once. I want to be at all the places and do all the things. Um, and so I've just learned to say a lot. It's like, okay, yeah. it's my pause. Right. It's my stop. It's like, okay, yeah. take some time to rest, take some time to delight yep. in the presence of God. And so adding that rhythm to my life has been really one of the things that has helped me to maintain healthy. It's like, all right, yeah. if I want to stay spiritually fit, emotionally fit, it's going to require some rest. And mm -hmm. so I, it's always a journey. There's some seasons 
I'm like, I have not been able to Sabbath right. in forever. Right. Um, yeah. And there are some seasons where I, where it works really well for mm -hmm. me, but I'm really trying to make sure that it's something that I incorporate in my life so that yeah. I can just delight in his presence and allow him to fill me back up. Yeah. And the image I hear is that you're talking about this, this concept, and it's so important for us to hear is that in one of those, I think it's Leviticus or Deuteronomy, one of the books that like we've kind of skimmed through, right? They talk about farming practices right. and, and how God says, don't harvest everything. Right. Like leave the edges, Good. leave a bunch of land so that the animals can come in, so that the poor can kind of harvest it. And you think about you think about the modern problem with modern farming is that they actually extract all the nutrients mm. out of the soil at every single... Right, so they're having a hard time having another crop because right. they've taken everything wow. out. And God told That's his good. people, leave it so that it stays healthy and fresh. And think about in your life, right? We're so focused. So much of us are trying to extract everything right. out of ourselves mm. right. in everything yeah. that we do, where God's calling us to leave margin, leave rest, don't extract Good. everything in there, leave that in there. And it all comes down to being able to say no. Right. But no. So how do you do that? How yeah. do you develop that discipline? How do you know what are the things to say no to in order to protect that Selah and for yourself? Yeah. I think a moment that I realized how important my no was, I remember waking up in the morning and I had a bunch of things on my calendar and I just felt like so overwhelmed. Mm. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get to this thing. I had a lunch with this person. I had to do this for work and that. And like, I just texted someone and said, Hey, I can't make it. And immediately I felt like this burden lift off. And I was like, and they were like, Oh, no problem. We'll reschedule. And I'm like, Oh, that felt good. Right. And I didn't feel like pressure anymore. And so right. it's like, sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves because right. we think that if we tell no to people, right. they'll be disappointed. Or, And that just taught me, I was like, you can say no to somebody. You can say next time. You can say, I can't make it. Yeah. And so for me, it was realizing whenever I look at my calendar and I'm feeling too overwhelmed, what can I eliminate? Okay, what is not a priority? Mm -hmm. What is not adding value right now? What can wait till a month from now? What meeting does not need to happen right now? What is taking from my energy? Where am I actually getting energy placed mm -hmm. back into me? And so I think I've developed the no where now it can be second nature. Like, hey, do you want to do that? No. <laughs> you know? yeah. But but it took some time of just realizing so many yeses was causing all this pressure right. and anxiety um, that I felt like I needed to fulfill and to do all the things. But um, but now it's just like there's a fr this Friday night activities and I'm just like, no, I'm going to just stay home. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah. I'm okay with that. So it's right. like releasing the fear of missing out mm. or I should be there. It's just like, no, I just won't be there. Right. And I'm okay with it. And, right. and being okay with my no has really helped me uh, in developing that discipline of, of saying no. Yeah. Love it. You know, a lot of young people struggle with, uh, with calling and identity and, and defining all of that. For some, it can be clear, but uh, for others, it's they feel lost in right. kind of pursuing that divine design that we call uh, yeah. around here. And and what encouragement would you give um, those who are feeling lost and don't know what steps to take to discover how God wants to use them? Yeah. Someone told me this and it changed my life. She said, you'll never know your purpose until you spend time with God. Mm -hmm. And it rocked me because I was trying to find purpose everywhere. I was like, all right, right, do I need to major in this thing? Do I know? To, do I need to go to this church service? Do I need to go here, there? And I was trying to do all these things to find my purpose. But she's like, have you spent time with God? I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Like, <laughs> let me sp spend some time with God. And I think in my time with God, I learned that my calling is not 
on back order. God's not like wondering, mm. oh, what did, what did I call her to do? Like, yeah. I need to figure out her plan. She just graduated college and now I need to figure out what's next for her. But it's like, no, God has already set it out. He's already set it in motion. But now it's my opportunity to seek it out, figure it out, and then grow into who I'm called to be. But just knowing that if we're alive, we have a purpose, that every single one of us have a purpose. And it's understanding that our purpose is not just this one thing. We're waiting for this like aha moment. like Oh, okay. This is what I'm called to do. But purpose is seasonal. So my purpose in one season might look different in another. And so trying to take it not as this big thing, but a smaller thing of, okay, what is my purpose in this season? Is it to serve people? Is it to love people? Is it to be a babysitter in this season and love on the kids that God um, has entrusted me with? Is it to be a great barista? Like what, what do I do in this season and how can I do it to the best of my ability? And so it's just learning that uh, calling is moving. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not just like, it's just one thing. And I think if my calling is stuck on one thing, when I no longer can do that one thing, I stop feeling called. Um, But if I understand that, okay, my calling moves with the season that I'm in, what season am I in? Great. I'm in this season. All right. Let me identify the things that God has called me to do, how he's called me to live in this season. Love it. Love it. And a a big part of that, discovering that calling is mentorship, right? And I think that's what's so cool about your story is getting plugged into this really powerful community, vibrant, growing and all that kind of stuff. What, tell tell us a little bit about how mentorship played a role in discovering yourself. And then what advice would you give to people that don't feel like they have that mentorship in their life? How do they find it? How do they seek it out? Right. I think for me, a lot of the things that I do now are just things that people have seen in me and called out in me. Like I remember my pastor saying, Hey, I think you're called to preach. And I was like, really? I don't, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. But, um, but then like getting curious about right. what people said that they saw about me and digging into it. Yeah. Um, and so it's really helped me to have voices who have spoken things that they have seen. And so I also try to use my voice to make sure um, that if I see something in somebody that I'm calling it out because somebody did that uh, for me, And so it's just been a season of, you know, through mentorship, just asking questions, um, making sure that I'm, you know, getting the right answers that I need for the season that I'm in. Like if I get to be around preachers, I want to ask questions about preaching and uh, leaders. I want to ask questions about leadership. And so utilizing the people that are around me and the people that God has given me to learn from. But also for me, there's mentors that I've never met and the books that I read and the podcasts that I listen to and, um, I listen to a podcast that I love. It's called the Bema Discipleship Podcast. Yeah. And I always tell people, I'm like, Marty Solomon is my Bible teacher. I've <laughs> yeah. never met him before, you know, right. but I've been able to learn so much. And so it's learning. I'm not waiting for the mentor to come around. There's so many resources. There's so many books and podcasts and just getting the right voices because there's a lot of voices. So it's like finding the right voice. And really just leaning into that. And so I feel like whether you have an official mentor where it's like, okay, we're going to meet every Tuesday for coffee, or you just have a podcast that you commit to listening to and learning from, um, I think that you can learn and grow in different ways. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Leadership can be a, a challenging role for anyone. And and when you think about it, I mean, what a privilege to be a leader. I right. mean, you, you, you are given the ability to to come alongside a group of people and, and nurture and care. And, and, but there are a lot of challenges with that because people have challenges right. and, and you're, you're leading people. How is, how has the leadership 
personally in your life strengthened you and pushed you to really further, you know, develop your calling and, and how God wants to use you so that you can step in that and be everything and be a good steward of right. what God's called you to do. Yeah. I think learning as a leader that God has called you to steward and love people and you can look at it where t- there's always a task and there's always people attached to that task. And so it's learning to find that medium between the two. It's like things need to get done, right. but people need to be loved and right. they have to happen through people. And so I think um, early on, sometimes you can just be so task oriented because like, All right, I got to get this done. Right. This is my job. I need to figure this out. Um, but then if the people around you aren't happy, if the people around you don't feel seen or loved, you kind of miss it. And so I think I've just learned throughout um, my leadership is like, all right, I want to make sure that I'm stewarding the people and they don't, they don't feel that all they are are what they do. Yeah. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. if I have that understanding, I need to make sure that they feel that. But then, then we're also empowered to actually lead with excellence and to lead to the best of our ability. So I have to challenge you, but then I also have to love you well. And so it's, it's learning what that looks like. Okay. Cause there's going to be some seasons where I got to challenge some people, or there's going to be some seasons where I really have to love on a person and understanding where they are in that season so that I can do that well. And so I've just learned that mm-hmm. every person that I lead or every location or wherever I'm at, it, requires something different. So identifying, okay, what does this new location need to lead? Do we need to build culture here? Do we need to build camaraderie? Does there need to be more a family feel in this space? Do these does this area need to be more excellent? Do we need to tighten up in certain areas? And so being able to identify what the need is and being able to serve the need through other people and getting people around you is just like, all right, I don't want to do this by myself. Who can I empower to help me in this space? I think that we need more energy and need more yeah, culture mm-hmm. in this space. Hey, hey, can you bring that? Can you help do that? Can I empower you? Can I now tap you on your shoulder and tell you, hey, this is how we want it to be done. Do it the way that God has called you to do it. And so I've just learned throughout the time was like, okay, I want to steward people. I want to steward the task. And I want to just get people on the journey uh, so that everybody can live out what God has called them to do. And what I love about your journey, as you've told us kind of in this whole, this whole show is you were able to bring your best self to the context, no matter how much it changed, right? right? As much as everything you were doing is changing, different ideas and stuff, you always grew yourself, moved on. What are the habits that you've implemented in your life in order to be able to do that? Something that other people could kind of replicate in their lives. I think habits are important. Another book that I'm going to reference, James Clear, Atomic Habits, um, that if you have not read that, read that book because um, it allowed me to realize how my habits will dictate how my the rest of my life is like you don't rise to mm-hmm. the level of your goals you fall to the levels of your habits and so it's like okay what are my habits to the things that I want to do and so there's so many different spiritual disciplines that I think that I've incorporated in my life and that I'm still trying to develop uh, in order for me to uh, become who God has called me to be and I think some of those disciplines is scripture memorization is a very new one that I'm on mm-hmm. this journey uh, and I've kind of challenged some of the students that are part of our VU college is to go on this journey of scripture memorization. Okay. If I know the text, then I can apply it in different areas of my life. I can pray the text. There's this thing called Lecto Divina. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's, we pray the text, we live the text, yes. we meditate yeah. the text and we read the text. And so it's like, I want to be able to do that. I want to know God's word so that I can actually meditate it, pray, live it out. And so it's just like incorporating because incorporating different habits. So sometimes it's a a discipline of fasting. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. all right, once a month, I'm going to take some time to fast. Um, Developing a time of prayer. Like how much time am I giving to prayer? How much time am I giving to personal development? What am I doing uh, to to develop myself personally? What, What am I doing for soul care? And so I think habits in my life that I've developed 
Sabbath being one of them is taking a day out of the week to just be still, turn off social media. Mm-hmm. My friends would tell you, they're like, are you on social media this week or not? Like they can't, it's <laughs> yeah. like, which, which one is it? Cause it's like very often I'm just like, I just got to delete it because yeah. like, I, I just need to get into a better, better yeah. rhythm. I, and so taking time off of social media is, is a habit reading God's word, trying to memorize his word, um, praying, finding a time, finding a place and a rhythm of prayer has been really helpful. And then always incorporating some kind of leadership thing that I'm trying to learn and trying to lean into um, is, is really um, the way that I try to keep a rhythm in, in my life of like learning and growing. Love it. That's great. Right. Well, we're going to move into our fire round now as we close out this uh, incredible conversation, empowering conversation. And Mm -hmm. and our fire round, we always ask a few questions that kind of surround everything we've just kind of discussed and Mm -hmm. uh, want to grab a few practical and applicable pieces of advice from uh, your experience for all of our listeners. So uh, just three quick questions. I'm nervous now. Here we go. Great. Michael, (laughs) you fire the first one. Let's dive in. Fire away. How can leaders listen intentionally? Wow. I think leaders can listen intentionally uh, by listening, not to respond, but actually listening to hear what somebody else is saying. So Mm -hmm. if the only time I'm listening is so that I can respond to you, what I'm already thinking, I'm not even processing what you're trying to tell me. And so Mm -hmm. it's this idea of active listening. Okay. So I listen to you. I repeat back what you said to make Mm -hmm. sure that it's clear. Okay. This is what you're saying. Hey, this is what I feel. And so uh, giving people room to actually say what they are thinking, you process what they're thinking and then you respond. I think active listening is important in order for us to actually communicate clearly with one another. Love it. What's the number one way leaders can develop confidence? Wow. I think if you're a leader and you're a Christian leader, it is asking the Holy Spirit for his boldness. Yes. Um, Acts 4 verse 31 is one of my scriptures that we've got our students memorizing. It says, mm. after they prayed, the place that they were meeting was shaken sure, yeah. and the Holy and the Holy Spirit met them. And then it says that they spoke the word of God boldly. And if you look up two verses before that, they kind of give you the script and the prayer that they're praying. And they literally asked the Holy Spirit for boldness and he responded to them with boldness. And so if you are dealing with not having the confidence, if you're dealing with imposter syndrome that I feel like a lot of people might deal with, it's understanding, okay, let me ask the Holy Spirit to give me the boldness that I need to do what I need to do to walk in with confidence, to know that he's already called me and that is confirmed. So when I walk into a room, I don't walk in like, oh man, am I supposed to be there? Am I supposed to do this? But with the confidence of God has called me here and now he's going to empower me and give me everything that I lack. And so if I trust him to make up the difference, I can actually have the confidence. Love it. So good. good. Last account. So outside of Vu, your account and, uh, you know, and Pastor Rich, what is the number one IG account that students should be following right now in your opinion? What's someone that's really got good value? Wow, man, that's a great question. I'm thinking... There's a lot of people that I listen to that I um, I would probably recommend Marty Solomon okay. uh, from the Bayma Discipleship Podcast. He just now released a book. Uh, it's called Asking Good Questions of the Bible or something mm. to that effect. And so um, it really just helps you to ask questions and to wrestle with the text. And so um, I think that people want to go a little bit deeper and yep. kind of learn a little bit more on a laid back way where it's not a textbook or mm. something. Um, I would say Marty Solomon, because I, I do listen to him very frequently. Love it. Love it. So good. Well, Manuska, thank you for joining us today thank on you. Framework Leadership. You have such a 
your spirit is so contagious, wow. full yeah. of energy and joy, <laughs> and, and just uh, just you. sitting here. These few minutes have been so encouraging. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So thank you for this conversation. Thank you guys for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Love it. Privilege. Love it. And if you want to stay up to date with Manushka, you can check her out on Instagram at Hello Manushka online. You got a website yep. too, hellomanushka.com. Yep. Anywhere else we should be following you? That's I just joined TikTok, so just give me some time to figure that out. <laughs> all right. Good. It's good. All and right. also, obviously, keep up with Vu, keep up with Pastor yeah. Rich, all of them and stuff. We love our partnership with you guys. Thank you and, so uh, much. It's great Thank to you. have you here at conference. Come We're on. recording this at conference Let's right go. now. So it's good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Framework Leadership. If you're watching on YouTube right now, now would be a great time to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get more leadership content right into your YouTube feed. You can also check us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Engel at Dr. Michael Steiner or on Twitter and YouTube at Kent Engel. And hey, if you love great email newsletters, and I know that I do, you want to check out the Framework Leadership Newsletter. Every single Friday drops in great tips to be a better leader, resources, thoughts right into your inbox. Check it out. You can sign up at kentingle.com. Make sure you hop on to there. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Take care, everybody.